have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51, and what an awesome message Dr. Savell uh, ministered to us last week. Um, he's ministering in Houston today, this morning and tonight, so be praying for him. Believe that he will, he will operate in the fullness. I declare that he will operate in the fullness of the gift of an apostle uh, to that church and be a blessing to, to uh, the pigeons, Pastor Pigeon and, and their entire family there. Amen. They'll be ministering in Houston this evening as well. But I'm continuing on just this to get us to understand. And really, I'm leading us, I believe the Holy Spirit's leading us into something. I've been talking about, I started out in the summer talking about being strong in spirit. Talking about righteousness. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Talking about the, 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 the fire of God. I, I want the fire of God in my life. How about you? I want, his, I want His fire on the inside of me to burn away what needs to be burned away. I want the fire of God to, to take things away so new, so new growth can come. So new things can, can come up out of my life. Amen. How about you? That's what Jesus came to baptize us with, right? He came to baptize us with Holy Ghost and fire, right? And so we've been talking about the, the Holy Spirit, how He is a gentleman, He's a person. He, he shows us things to come, come. He's a comforter. He's a, he is one that walks with us. He's the, what the, the Greek says, He's a paraclete, meaning He's one that stands beside you. He's working in our lives. He's working with us. Jesus said, He will not only be with you, but will be in you. And so just really this awareness that, that uh, I'm desiring for us to, to possess every day of a life, just His ever-abiding presence. You know, He wants to direct you into all things. He wants to direct you through things. He wants to help you walk through the storms that you're in. He wants to assist you in aiding you and to take you to your promised land, so to speak. So to speak. He wants to take you in, in, in um, places and, in, and cause you to do things with a level of boldness that you, that you never thought you could do in your own self. So let's lean in. Let's lean on the, the gift that Jesus sent. The gift that gives us the advantage in our lives. The Holy Ghost. He, he's, he's a very present help. Very present help. No matter what you're doing, it could be working on your car or it could be preparing to minister, but know that the Holy Ghost is there. The Holy Ghost. If you go to some churches today, you would never hear those two words. I don't know why people would be offended at the Holy Ghost. He drew me to Jesus. He showed me things about my life that... He, he spoke to someone to tell me about things that no one else knew but me. Let, let, his, let his name or his title be on your lips. Holy Spirit, help me today. Holy Spirit, direct me today. 
I want you to know that you're significant. I want you to know that you're so much more than you realize. I want you to know you're not a sum total of, of your experiences. You're not a sum total of the mistakes you've made or the successes that you've had. You are so much greater. You're so much more than that. You're blessed. <laughs> the blessing is on your life. Thank you, Father. Look at Isaiah 51. Holy Spirit, help me teach today. He says, listen to me, you who follow after... This is verse 1. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness. Are you a follower after righteousness? You who seek the Lord... Do you seek the Lord? Then he's talking to you. So what does he what does he say? So you're seeking after righteousness, you're seeking after the Lord. So he's given us some he's giving us a instruction here. He says, "Look to the rock from which you were hewn, into the hole of the pit from which you were dug." Then he says, "Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone, and I blessed him, and I increased him." Like what the Amplified says, it says it says that I I I called him as one, but I blessed him and I made him many. So here, so those that are seeking after righteousness, those that are seeking after the Lord, he wants us to look at something. He wants to give us some instructions about something. And he says, look to Abraham. I mean, I could talk about the other, look to the rock from which you were hewn, meaning look to the creator, look how, where you came from, meaning you're, you're intricately, you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Look to the one that designed you, look to the one that, that fashioned you, look to the one that has a calling and a purpose on your life. But then he also says, look to Abraham. Why, why look at him? What was the purpose? I called him when he was alone. I called him when he was one, but I made him many. I want you to see that you are so much more than just Arnold of the way everyone else sees you. God sees you so much more than anyone else could see you. People will try to label you. People will try to put you in classifications. The world does it all the time trying to, trying to separate us from race. Class, distinctions, parts of the city, you're from this part, you're from this part, you grew up this way, you're, you're this or you're that or the other. But the point is, is, is if, we're, if we're not careful of that, that, that label will be the biggest hindrance to our future. Well, it's because I grew up in, in this part of, I, I grew up poor and, it, and, it, and it's because of this. And, and all of a sudden, you'll exalt how you grew up greater than the prosperity gospel. You'll grow up, you'll grow up beneath your privileges as a child of God. And all of a sudden, even if you grew up in denominations, then all of a sudden you're like, well, well, I always learned this. And I learned that, that if there's a sickness, God might be trying to teach me something. And all of a sudden, you're going to limit from the greater. You're going you're gonna to stay small because you, don't, you won't embrace the greater. But here he says, look to Abraham. He was one, but I yet, yet made him many. I, I want you to see, you're, you, you are so much more. You are so much more. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12. And you're like, well, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? What does this have to do with the anointing? I'll get there. We'll get there. 
going on a journey this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Genesis chapter 12. I didn't have time to go back and review other messages that I've done on this, but I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal everything to each one of us the way we need it. So Genesis 12, it says, Now the Lord, remember he said, look to Abraham. So he said, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Wow. Remember, we're looking at Abraham. What does he say? Leave your father's house. Leave your father's gods. Leave, put your past behind you. Put your culture behind you. Put your community behind you. Leave there. And go to a place that I will show you. And he says this. He goes, so when you do this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. There's a lot I could talk about. The blessing of Abraham. But that is not necessarily my assignment this morning. So often we can talk about... The blessing of Abraham, but not focus on the call of Abraham. We can talk about the blessing and go around talking about the blessing on our life, but Miss Carolyn wrote an amazing book. It's a mini book. You can read it in a short amount of time. Get some of those in the bookstore if we don't have them. But it was born to be a blessing. So we, we, can't, we can't just go around and talk about and just shout, I'm blessed, without understanding and receiving the call of Abraham. The call of Abraham is to be a blessing. See, the whole point of many is to be a blessing. The whole point for me to tap into more that's on the inside of my life is because of the call to release it into someone else's life. The call of the church to be to, to grow, to increase, to be excellent, to be prosperous, to, to expand, is to reach many. You have to understand, everything that God places on your life is not for you. The blessing on Abraham's life was not just for him. It was to be a blessing. To bless someone means to to place upon. So what was placed upon Abraham was a purpose to then release it to someone else. Say this with me. I'm so much more than I realize. You're blessed to be a blessing. Just if we look at John chapter 1 for a moment, I'm not going to turn there. But it says of Jesus, it says, 
in him was life. And that life was the light of men. So life was in Jesus. But the purpose was that that life that was in Jesus was to be, that light that was in Jesus was to be life to someone else. If you keep reading, and there's three different instances I could bring out here, but another one is it says, in, it says, out of his fullness, talking about Jesus, out of his fullness, Joseph, we have received grace for grace. So it was what God placed on him. It was his abundance. It was what was on his life wasn't just for him, but what was on his life was for for us that we could have fullness, that we could have grace for grace. Meaning, I'm not without ability because of what Jesus had on him, he then gave to me. Now this brings us back into what some of the things I've been dealing with. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Or you could say, Rochelle, how God blessed. He, He blessed, he placed upon Jesus the anointing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And I'm so glad he said Nazareth. Why? Because that let me know he was a man. It didn't say Jesus that came from heaven. He said Jesus from Nazareth. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So this anointing, this blessing, just like the blessing on Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Understand the anointing that was upon Jesus was to be a blessing to other people. So why I brought, uh, when the Lord wanted, Holy Spirit wanted me to bring out Abraham is anything that God places upon your life isn't just for you. Met so many people like, I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that and I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that. I'm believing for this and I'm, why? I had people that had never been in that, 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 that is like, it, it's like all of a sudden it's like, I won't get in there. Uh, I'll get myself in trouble. But you have to understand, we, we are God's vessels in the earth and we're vessels in the earth to, for him to flow through us, not to just store up and hold to ourselves. The anointing on your life is not for you. It's for other people. So you're blessed to be a blessing. Jesus was anointed to release the anointing. How how God anointed, blessed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power. So I want you to know the Holy Ghost in power is on your life for you to release it into someone else's life. The Holy Ghost isn't in our church and on our church so we can say we're charismatic or we're spirit filled. No, it's on us to release God to a hurting world. The whole means for us to be prosperous 
and continue to prosper is to bless other people. So the whole point for us to be anointed with Holy Ghost and power is to bless other people with healing, prophetic word, revelation, insight, something that will strengthen them and build them up so they can see the way that God sees them. You are so much more than you realize. If you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the greater one living on the inside of you. And its whole intense purpose is to release it in someone else's life. I don't really think the enemy really cares if you know you're anointed. Only thing is, is he doesn't want you to release it into someone else's life. I don't think the enemy really wants you, doesn't care if you're really prosperous or not, as long as you don't take that prosperity to then bring someone else into a place of prosperity. You're blessed. You were born to be a blessing. That's the name of Miss Carolyn's book. Go to Acts chapter 1. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all, all, all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now think about that statement for a moment. We'll read Acts 1 here in a moment. But think about the statement, God was with him. Man. God was with him. As I was just praying over this today, over this week, and and uh, I, it just came welling up on the inside of me, Deborah. I was um, thinking about this, and and just the scripture rose up out of me in in in, uh, in Psalms. I think it's chapter eight, verse two, and it's how excellent is His name in all the earth. Now, now think, God was with him. And that's where it just, it, I just kept thinking, how excellent is his name in all the earth? How excellent is his name in all the earth? How extraordinary is his name in all the earth? God was with Jesus. Excellence was with Jesus. The one who has an excellent name was with Jesus. The one that is excellent, his, his name is excellent. And when you say name, most of you, when, when I said that, most of you were thinking of like me calling Vic's name or Betty's name. Oh, well, that's just what we call him. But no, how excellent is his name in all the earth isn't just referring to what we call him. When we say how excellent is his name, it's talking about the embodiment of him. It's talking about his character. It's talking about his person. It's talking about what he does and how he does it. It talks about all that makes up who, who a person is. So when it says how excellent is his name, it's saying how excellent is his character. How excellent is his love. How excellent is, is his power. How excellent is his ability. How excellent is he in all the earth. And just so think about God was with him. Excellence was with him. And then I thought about this. The anointing was on Jesus' life for him to excel. The anointing was upon Jesus' life to go to another level. 
So what do you think the anointing is on your life for? You have excellence in you. When people get around you, is there a spirit of excellence about you? See, if God is excellent and the Holy Spirit is in us, then there should be an element of excellence that flows out of our life. Excellence of character, excellence of conduct. How we carry ourselves. How we dress. Now you say, oh, well, Pastor, you're saying I, I, need, to wear, I need to wear this to church. I need, no, I'm saying, you can, the thing is, you can wear jeans and a t-shirt and look excellent. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, it's just how you carry yourself. It's not like, it's not this attitude of like, well, I guess it's just, it's just good enough. It's just good enough. Am I okay, Miss Carolyn? <laughs> so it's this. Think about it. Here in Acts one, it tells them the Holy Spirit, and it says, and it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Let's look at it, Acts one eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. To me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Meaning this power is going to come upon you in such a way that you're going to be a witness. What is a witness? A witness, one, has firsthand experience. If you call, get called on a court case and you be called as, you're called as a witness, why are they calling you? Because you have firsthand experience. And, and what are you doing as, a, as, what are you doing? You are, you are convincing. You are, there's something coming from your life. There's a power come from your life. So you're a witness. So, so you can, you can demonstrate. So you can give an account of who God is, what God is, what he desires to accomplish, what he desires to do. You are a witness. So the power is on your life to be a witness. Meaning everywhere I go, my life should testify of something. I can tell some of you still didn't like that excellent thing. I'm just. It's just, but it's, it's, and, it, and it's not, it's not trying to follow some sort. You just get with Jesus. You just get with the Holy Spirit, get with the word of God. And all of a sudden just things, you know, like the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Why don't you do this? Buy that. Go here. Do this. And it's trying to not, it's not putting on a, a show for anyone. It's just, there's just this attitude of excellence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The Spirit of God is on our lives. It's for us to be a blessing every, everywhere we go. The Spirit of God is on our lives to cause us to excel. It's on our lives to build up the kingdom. It's to impact others. It's to draw people. It's to influence. Maybe it's like Joseph to preserve or to protect Maybe it's like David to kill a giant. Let's go to Exodus chapter 31. 
Thank you, Father. Help me, Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is on your life and will cause you to impact and influence others. That's what a witness is all about. A witness is about influencing a judgment. Hallelujah. So the power of God, the Holy Spirit is on our lives to influence, influence, impact the world around us. Whether the New Testament or the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was on someone's life to bring change. Now, before I read this, can, I want you to say this after me real quick. I'm so much more than what I think I am. What I'm about to share with you, this... I just see just every single one of us excelling in our giftings, our callings, where God's planted us. Let's look at verse 1, Exodus 31. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. Now think about this for a moment. Here, he's talking to Moses here and he shows up, God shows up and he goes, he goes, I have called my, by name Bezalel, the son of Uri. Now it's interesting, this guy Bezalel, his name means one that's in the shadow of God. His name's one in the presence of God. Who's his father? His father is the son of Uri. And the word Uri means fire. So he's the son of fire that was in the presence of God. He's from the tribe of Judah. And, and it says, I have filled him with the spirit of God. Now, when we think of, you know, when we think of people in the Old Testament that are filled with the spirit of God. I never heard... Until you know, years ago researching some things. I'd never heard about a guy named Bezalel. Have you? I mean, some of you are like, yeah, I, I knew him for a long time. We go, we go way back, you know. We, I'm, a, I'm a student of the word, pastor. And I know Bezalel. And then, but when we talk about the spirit of the Lord on someone and we talk about the anointing and we talk about God's power and we talk about God's ability... Most of the time in a conversation or in a teaching, a guy named Bezalel doesn't really show up. Because Bezalel wasn't a minister. He was a construction worker. How many people that work in construction? Raise your hand. I see you, Tommy. Miss <laughs> Carolyn's always building something, yeah. I'm telling you, she, she, has, she has the spirit of Bezalel on, on same, same spirit on her. And so immediately when we think of the anointing, we think of ministry, all of a sudden you can look at your natural calling in life as something less than. You can say, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just a nurse or I'm just a... 
You know, because inside you, you're like, you're like, I want to teach the word one day and I want to lay hands on the sick and I want to do this and I want to do that and, and all that. But you know what? God had called Bezalel to do something Moses couldn't do. Don't think that you working in construction is a less than anointing. Why? Because the anointing is on you to be a blessing to other people. The anointing is on you for you to cause other things to excel. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I don't know everyone that does construction in here, but Steve Martin and Tommy Myers and Joe Cappuccino and, and different ones. I, I've seen your work. You do things with excellence. You do things with excellence. So don't think... That building something for the kingdom of God, building, building things to influence other people is, is not something that the anointing works in. You can, God can, the anointing of your life, His Spirit can come upon your life and cause you to invent things in construction that no one else has ever done. But all the while you're sitting in church and you're like, oh, all I do is work with a hammer. I'm so grateful. Now, not everyone is a preacher. Because we would have broken down buildings, toilets that didn't work. Trees that are overgrown. Hospitals filled with people needing care. But yet the nurse is saying, I just want to be a preacher. You do not have a second class anointing on your life. You do not have a second rate anointing on your life. Now look, look at this guy. He, it says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all, all, all manner, all manner of workmanship. Not some, all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels, for setting, in carving of wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Wow, this guy was anointed to be a woodworker. He was a jeweler. I mean, think about this guy, and yet people come to church all the time and they'll say... Oh, well, I'm only anointed if I do this. But yet this guy was a multitasker. This guy, he cultivated the gifts on the inside of him. It wasn't like I only do this. This guy was a, a generalist. He wasn't a specialist. He was anything that God needed at the moment. He was it for the house of God. And there's an anointing on your life to bring into the house of God that, call, that, that, that God has called you to in order to not just be some, why well, I only do this. No, no, no. He, he had to tap into knowing more than just one thing. I, I don't know why it is that we elevate certain things and not realize that your work that you do can bring excellence to the people that you minister to. 
And when I say minister to, the people you do work for. The anointing is on your life for right now where God has planted you. And you're like, well, I don't really like where I'm working right now. I don't care. And the problem is, is you'll never leave there until you understand why God placed you there. The anointing is on you and you're like, and all you do is complain all day long instead of letting the anointing work on you. The anointing work on you. God calls me to see my boss different, calls me to see the processes that I do every day. And you're like, but pastor, it's an assembly of line, but who says that you can't create a new way of doing it? You have the anointing on your life and he's excellent. Maybe stop showing up for work late and maybe you'll get a promotion. You're like, well, I don't really like the dress code they have. And so I kind of just kind of slip by. Well, maybe you need to stop being in rebellion and do what you're asked to do. And God's going to bring promotion to your life. Stop complaining and trying to go against the system that you're in and just, just release the anointing. Be excellent. Be excellent. Be excellent. Be excellent. But too, I'm, I'm just, this is real practical stuff. I, I mean, instead we can stand in a corner and talk about everyone we're working with or talking about the boss because we don't like the decision they made. We'll pray for them. And then maybe if, if, when you tap into the anointing, all of a sudden, maybe they'll come to you and say, what do you think about the change we just made? Well, honest, honesty. Well, I kind of feel like that. And you know what? They may say back, you know what? I've, I've had that happen to me with here. serving. I, I would make decisions. I'd make choices. And even it could be over something little, but they'll come to me and say, because I don't work in their department. I don't have to do what they have to do. And they'll say, well, pastor, I, I appreciate the, the wisdom. I appreciate just what you want to want to do here. But you know what? Did you think about this change? Did you think about how that might affect them? And I'll say, okay, well, well, what do you think? And we'll change it. I don't have to have the answer to everything. I'm Dr. Savelle, Ms. Carolyn, Annette and I are not the only anointed people in this building. I had no clue how I got here, but I think it's good. It's good. It's good. So Bezalel, now let, let's keep reading because then we see this other guy that you've never heard of. And I, indeed, I have appointed with him a Holiab, the son of Ahshemach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have put, I have put wisdom in the heart of all the gifted artisans, all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you the tabernacle of meaning, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the laver in its base, the garments of ministry, the holy garment. Now, now listen to this. So you had this guy, Bezalel, who's from the tribe of Judah. Then you have this guy, Aholiab, who's from the tribe of Dan. But I'm telling you, if you had two church people getting together, I don't like Bezalel. 
I don't like the way Bezalel does it. I'm Dan and I know how to do this. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? But yet both of them had the spirit of God on them for their roles. And so it wasn't just only have, but it said he also trained all the other artisans. They were anointed. And get this, these two people that you'd never heard of until this morning are the ones that built the house of God. <laughs> you know what? And they didn't really care if their name was on it or not. Or no one ever wrote, wrote about them or ever talked about them. God saw it. They just did their part and they did it with excellence. See, the blessing is on your life to be a blessing. The anointing was on Jesus to call other people, other, cause other people to excel. The blessing is on your life to no matter where you go, what you do to excel. I want where I am to be different a year from the time that I'm there. The anointing needs to be so evident in your life. They don't, no, they won't know to call it the anointing. But it will be so evident on your life that what I like to call is your indispensable. They can't do the job without you. I, there's a guy, Ron and Lori Wacker, have come to church here pretty much since it started. And, and I've watched the company he works for go through, get bought out and, 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 and fire a bunch of people, fire all leadership. And he, he oversees a bunch of people, been there a number of years, and another company will come in and buy him out. A company from Korea will come out and buy him, or China, or, or you know, from New York City, they'll come down. But yet, through almost 20 years of all the handover of this company, they won't let go of him. And they fired every single other person but him because he's indispensable. And he'll, he'll, <laughs> sorry if I'm telling your, your information, Ron, but you need to hear this testimony. But you'll never know it about Ron. He's very quiet, but yet he's going to work hard. Ron, are you here? I didn't see him this morning. But yet also he'll say, he goes, Pastor, they just gave me a $50,000 bonus. And one year they gave him two in the same year. Why? Because he works hard. He has the company's best interests. And he, he'll, he'll go, he'll, they'll send him to New York City to go meet with millionaires of other companies and take them to dinner. But if you looked at Ron, you'd be like, Ron does that? <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I'm just saying, you, you, you would have no idea about it. There's a, there's a book I read, it was called, it was called Connect, and, and in this book, um, it talks about the ability and the desire that every person should find and serve in, 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 the, in the house of God. And in this book, he, this, he's telling the story about this guy, and this guy is huge on Wall Street. Huge. He's a multi, multi-millionaire and he travels back and forth all the time to, uh, to Japan and does business. I'm not going to say the company or the guy's name, but... But he told the people he works with, he's not the CEO, but he's under the CEO. And he told them, he goes, he said this, he goes, he goes, I don't care where I'm in the world and I'll stay there as much as you want me to, but I have to be back by Thursday night. Why do you have to be back by Thursday night? And the guy goes, well, 
Thursday night at my church, we fold bulletins. We, the, their church, what they do is everyone shows up on Thursday night and the whole church, they clean it, they fold bulletins, the worship team practices, all, every single student ministries, volunteer service team shows up, they go over their lessons together on Thursday nights and they call it all about the weekend. And yet this guy that is a multimillionaire that works in Wall Street, his biggest concern is I need to get back Thursday nights to fold bulletins. He didn't care about the money. He didn't care about the millions he was making. Where he found his value was, I want to serve the house of God. And folding bulletins. And I guarantee, the ones he folded were the best ones. They were folded with excellence. And if he was supposed to be there at 6, I imagine he showed up at 545. Please, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, we want to be excellent in everything we do. If you're supposed to be on campus at 9.15, don't show up at 9.30. Wow. No, it, this, is, this is all, you're like, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? Everything. Because everything we do is a testimony to His goodness. Let's, let's go to... Um, Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. Thank you for letting me take a little bit of time this morning. But I believe this, there's some eternal seeds being deposited that are going to take you to another level. In verse 10 of Daniel 5. It says, the queen, the queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. The queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. What was happening here? There was a, there was a, um, a dream that was given. There was a vision that was given. And yet, the queen's telling, telling her husband, the king... Hey, everything's going to be all right, king. Everything's going to be fine. Live forever, O king. And he says, do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor your countenance to change. Meaning, meaning don't, don't be bothered with what you just heard in the natural. Don't, don't let this bother you. But why? This is what the queen says. There is a man. There is a man. I think one of the saddest statements, there's several of them that, that, I, that, I've ha, that I have that I believe are sad. One is, is in Ezekiel, I think it's 22, it says, God sought a man that would make up a hedge, but he couldn't find one. Wow. God was looking for a man that would make up a hedge around the city, but his statement was, I couldn't find one. I don't want that said about me. I don't. I would never want that said about me. God's looking for something, but He says, "Well, I couldn't find him." So here, Daniel says, "There's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of a holy God, 
And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. Wow. Think about that. Here, the queen spoke up and told, told the king, look, look, don't worry about it. Don't let this affect your countenance. Because realize, there's a man in our kingdom that, that was in your father's kingdom. And I'm telling you, he has the spirit of the holy God. It didn't just say a spirit of God, but it said a spirit of a holy God that is on him. I want you to know that if you allow it and you understand it, you have the spirit of the Holy God on the inside of you where you can have that same effect where people around you, their countenance won't change of an evil report because you're there. Go to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. The Holy Ghost is on your life. To cause us to excel. Also to impact others. To influence the world. So whether we're looking for at Bezalel or Aholiab. Or we're looking at Daniel. The Spirit of God was on their life. For them to impact something else. Genesis 41 verse 37. It says... So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Pharaoh said this, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? And when he used the word God here, he said Elohim. So he's referring to a particular God. And he said, he said look, can we find what, what was happening? There was a vision that was given and they're going to have seven years of, of, of plenty and seven years of, of, of drought. And he's saying, is there anyone in our kingdom that we can find that has the ability to be able to that has the spirit of God on him that can that 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 like this man does. And he's talking about Joseph. Is there anyone like this man, anyone in the whole kingdom that has the spirit on him like this man has? And this had nothing to do with ministering or preaching. This is everything to do him being anointed to cause the land to exceed. So when difficult times came, he had the resources. They had the resources so no one else would do without. The anointing to cause that land to be protected and to cause other people to excel. The anointing is so much more than what we realize the anointing is on you to cause things to be excellent, to excel, to increase, to abound. Let me start closing with this. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. When I think of excellent, I don't think I have a better example than Dr. Jerry Savelle. I, I, if you know him like we know him, being in his home, being behind closed doors, being in all sorts of different environments. I traveled with him in 2002, 2003. I traveled with him 21 days out of the month. And no matter where we'd go or who we'd be around, he was always the same. Excellent. And it was amazing how the excellence on his life, how it influenced other people. 
There's a misconception that you have to be like someone in order to reach someone. I mean, I need to be able to do this or I've had to experience that in order for me to reach that person. Now, I know God will use our testimonies, but that's not always the case. I've watched Dr. Savell be around him with outlaw bikers. Him having a, a nice suit on around people that hardly had any clothes on. With outlaw bikers, and yet they're drawn to him. I've seen him work with athletes that he let speak into his life. I've seen him talk to young people. I've seen him talk to older people. I've seen him talk to, to on the Navajo Nation. I've seen him uh, watch videos of him minister to people in Hungary. I've seen him minister in so many different environments, being in so many different aspects of ministry, but yet there's just something about him that people are drawn to. It's not charisma. It's just this spirit of excellence and his genuine care for people. We have a good example as an apostle of this house. Excellence. He says he's going to do something, he'll do it. If he said that he'll be at a certain place at a certain time, he'll do it. Even if it's to his own hurt. It's just, I just really want you to see, it's just this spirit of God that will... And Ms. Carolyn will tell you, in the early days, he wasn't always the excellent man that he is today. In the way that he does things today. Because it's the Spirit of God on his life. And a determination, I'm going to be the greatest example that I can be for the kingdom. Let's look at Acts chapter 6. Verse 1 says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you Seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now think about this. The disciples were not selecting the people. The disciples told them that they needed to select the people. And what were the type of people they were supposed to be? Seven men of good reputation. Wow. Of good reputation. That doesn't mean that you lived a perfect life. That doesn't mean that you don't have a history. But it's the point is, is you've allowed the Spirit of God to work in such your life where, where it's changed who you are to where you are today. <clears throat> Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, 
and full of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Full of the Holy Ghost. Also filled with wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word. Verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose. And they chose. I wrote this down. Would the multitude choose you? Would the multitude choose you? I was, I was, because it was like people were kind of like, what? Think about it. The disciples didn't choose them. The multitude chose them. Let me ask you a question. Would the multitude choose you? Would your friend choose you? Would your spouse choose you? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Rick Renner wrote a book years ago, and it, and it was titled this, If You Were God, Would You Choose You? Wow. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a title. If you were God, would you choose you? But here it's saying, would the multitude to choose you? See, it's one thing to try to butter up and to a leader. But the thing is, is would the multitude choose you? Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of you aren't too sure about that. But these were people that had good reputation. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they saw something on their lives. And the multitude was saying, hey, man, he's got what it takes. They've got what it takes. These are the seven men that we need to choose. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm always like, hey, put me in, coach. I want to be it. So would, if, if Pastor Phil, I would, I would want you to say, hey, Justin's got what it takes. I would, I, it, would, it would hurt me to know that if I'm standing here ministering, it's like they sure picked the wrong one. Timothy, it talks about choosing, he talks, he's telling Timothy about choosing an overseer and he says, and this is something that a lot of ministers don't focus on and they talk about a lot of the external things, but one of the things that Paul says is, you are of a good reputation inside the church and outside the church. I know a lot of ministers that they're, they're good one way, but behind closed doors and, and out in public, they're rude. The Spirit of God is on our life to excel. The Spirit of God was on their life to cause them to excel. Just got three verses. Um, actually, go to um, Titus chapter 2, verse 7. And let me read this, because this is to really bring it home. Why does it matter how I live inside the church and outside the church? Because the anointing is for me to excel no matter what environment I'm in. doesn't matter if I'm in church, in my business, workplace. The anointing is on my life to cause it to excel. Pharaoh's kingdom was prosperous because Joseph was there. Your place and wherever you are will prosper because you're there. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 6. It says, Likewise... Exhort the young men to be sober-minded, 
in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, doctrine showing integrity, reverence and incorruptibility. So he's saying this to the young, the young men, be sober in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. So, so this is... We don't earn, this is not about earning your salvation, okay? This is about the good works that follow a believer. Jesus went about doing good. He went about doing good, right? So we're still talking about the same thing. And here he says, In all things show yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, in integrity, in reverence, in incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Now listen to this, that, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. Whoa. Mm. I, your opponent, the one that's not of a believer, because of the Spirit of God in your life and how it's changed you, it says your opponent has nothing evil to say about you. I'm so glad three people are excited about that. And I'll close with this. First Peter. Some of you are like, oh, thank the Lord. My toes. It's like, man, I just wanted, I just wanted a, just a message that I could jump and shout. Praise the Lord. I just wanted a message that I could get everything I ever lusted after. Praise the Lord. This will give you the desires of your heart. Trust me. I mean, I've said this before. I'm not, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to pastor you. Thank God. Most of the time, I'm here to make it. <laughs> hope you feel good. But this is the point is, is, is bringing us up to excel. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 2. And some of you might be like, is this, is this stuff actually in the New Testament? Yeah. Verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. What does he mean by sojourners and pilgrims? Meaning you're not of this world, you're just passing through. We're just walking through this life, right? This is not our home. Beloved, I beg you, sojourners and pilgrims, abstain, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Hmm. That's a whole other message there. Fleshly lusts. Why, why, why do we need to get rid of things that are temptation? Why? Because, because your, your soul is going to be always controlled by it. Which war against the soul. Now listen to this. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as evildoers. They may by your good works. Which they observe. Glorify God in the day of visitation. Whoa. Having your conduct honorable. How I'm living. Needs to be honorable among the Gentiles. Meaning that's people that don't know Jesus. People that are out in the world. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Why? That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Meaning, meaning they don't like you because you're a Christian. And then farther and farther we get in the last days, the more and more the world will hate the church. But yet because we're honorable, because we keep our word, because we, are, we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, because we walk in love, 
Because we have joy and peace on the inside of us. Because everywhere we go, things excel and things happen. Because of that, it says, it says they will observe and they will glorify God in the day of visitation. The world is going to glorify God because of how I live around them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. The blessing is on your life to be a blessing. Abraham, let's look to Abraham. He was one, but he became many. The blessing was for him to be a blessing. The blessing was on him to influence things, to cause things to excel. The anointing was on Jesus for him to go about and do good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil. The anointing was on Jesus. The Holy Spirit was on Jesus for him to bring things, cause people to excel, to build up people, to strengthen people. And I want you to know the Holy Ghost is on your life. No matter everywhere, everywhere you go, things to be built up and to excel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the challenge that this word brings today. That, that we would receive mid-course corrections. We would receive the desire to be more. We'd receive the desire to live on a higher plane. Holy Spirit, direct us to live honorably. Holy Spirit, I ask for your help. That you lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Holy Spirit, correct us when we haven't been honorable. Speak to us when we may be getting off course. Holy Spirit, thank you for always leading us into places of freedom. Mm. Hallelujah. Just look at me. Just hold your hands out in front of you. Just look at your hands. Just say this. The Spirit of God is in me. I choose to yield to the Holy Spirit. He is a gift to me. He will cause me to be like Jesus, talk like Jesus, live like Jesus. I leave this place today with the anointing of God on my life. Excellence is on my life. And I carry that excellence everywhere I go. Because of your hand on me, Lord. My business will excel. My workplace will excel. My ministry will excel. I will become greater because the greater one is living in me and through me. In Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise for the Lord today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.